0: On this episode of the SAMS Report, we recover Microsoft's big earnings, a little bit about Azure, and Windows Phone. Today is. What is today? Today is January 29th. It is Friday, the last Friday of January, and the month has flown by. But what an exciting day today is, actually, this week. I actually say today because it is Thursday evening. I'm recording this podcast ahead of time um, by a few hours because my day is jam-packed tomorrow and I'll be traveling a little bit. So wanted to get this done because I enjoy it and it seems like other people enjoy listening to my daily monologues or whatever you want to call them or weekly monologues. So it is actually Thursday evening, but this podcast is playing on the 29th of January. So let's just kick things off, shall we? Because... It was, a good, it was a good earnings quarter for Microsoft. They announced their earnings, and they had $25.7 billion, B with a billion, in revenue. And now that is what they call constant currency, non-GAAP, or Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. Um, that's more of a realistic look at their figure, and that's why they report that. The gap number is... Um, very much a real number, but that's the audited number. That's the number that doesn't factor in currency fluctuations, a whole other myriad of things, but $25.7 billion. Not bad for a three month span, is it? Not bad at all. Um, it's actually very good for Microsoft overall. Now, there were some strong points. Uh, there are also some, some weak points that we will dive into here. But starting with the strong, Azure. Azure is doing amazing for the company, and this is this is good news for any uh, shareholder, uh, employee of the company for the most part. Azure saw strong growth, 140% year-over-year growth, and that is amazing for the company. Uh, mostly because, as I've said many, many times, Azure is the company's future. Uh, Windows is great, everything else is great, but their cloud platform, their billions upon billions of dollars of investment into these data centers is their future. Companies will move to the cloud, they'll ditch on-prem, and the decades to come. And Microsoft is building up an infrastructure of data centers that is able to house all the hardware and software needed for these corporate applications. And that is why their stock price is doing well. And I believe it will continue to do well because they saw strong growth. Um, 140%, I believe analysts should be happy with that amount. And it's only going to get better for the company because they also announced Azure Stack this week. Azure Stack, uh, for those who are not familiar with it, Um, and it is a new product. It entered technical preview phase one. It takes the power of Azure, all the software and investments they've made, and allow you to deploy it into your local data center. It's pretty cool. So you take their billions of investment software and you can replicate that in your local data center. Um, Same interface, same feature set or i should say similar feature set it's not a direct one-to-one replication but really it gives you the power of azure on a local data center without obviously moving to the public cloud because not everybody can move to the public cloud not everybody's ready yet but azure stack tp1 came out this week and that is fueling uh that the love for azure and it really makes a, a sense for microsoft right they get the data center people saying hey you know azure stack works pretty well oh, you know what? We need some cloud now. Well, obviously Azure Stack ties in very, very well to their Azure cloud platform as opposed to AWS, Amazon's offering. So when those companies do decide to move up to the big brother cloud, they're all ready. They're already prepared. Everything you can copy your configurations from your local Azure Stack and move it into Azure, bada bing, bada boom, and that's Microsoft's future play is this Azure Stack. But don't want to deviate too far from the earnings, but 140% growth in Azure, looking good. Phones, not looking so good. Phones tanked. Now, they did tank. There's no other way to describe it. They only sold 4.5 million of the devices. Not a good number. Um, I believe it was around 10 million last year for the same quarter, roughly about that. But the, the more astounding figure is, so IDC uh, issues numbers, and for the quarter, for Q4, or as Microsoft refers to it, is their second quarter of the year because they have a June 30th end, but for Q4, IDC said there were f- roughly 400 million uh, smartphones sold. So if Microsoft only had 4.5 million of them, we know that, let's see, Apple had, it was about 74 million of them. Windows phone users are the 1%. It is not good news for Microsoft's um, mobile ambitions. It's not, It's really not good. There's no way to spin it and say, hey, this is great. There's really not. Um, This is a sore spot for the company and will continue to be. And I honestly don't think that a Surface phone is gonna come around in the next quarter it's gonna be 20 million or anything like that. I think this is gonna be a tough spot for the company for a time to come. But fortunately they have other business units that are doing exceptionally well. But 4.5 million Lumia sold for the period. On the good side again, Office 365 subscribers for the company up to 20.6 million. uh, For comparison, the last quarter they were reporting 18.2 million. So that's a pretty healthy ad for the company because remember those are annual subscribers. That's cash flow for the company. That's, that is that is good news for Microsoft because obviously um, Office is a big driver of revenue. Office is one of the most prolific operating or productivity suites in the world. And I believe they like to tout the 1 billion number. It might be higher than that, don't quote that, but um, quite a few people using Office. So expect that number to continue to climb. Xbox sales. Xbox was a bit meh, a bit of a miss, I would say, because uh, their Xbox sales were actually down, but Microsoft did not say by how much or really any, any other details, but they cited that it was because of lower... Uh, Xbox 360 sales. Now, if you happen to read, which you should have hopefully, my preview for the earnings call today, I expected this. This was very much in line with expectations. Microsoft last year was able to sell the Xbox 360 during the holiday season. It was still a relatively good console. And now, 12 months later, we're really entering the end of that life cycle for that product. So it's not surprising that hardware sales are down. But they didn't tell us how many Xbox Ones were sold, which generally means it's less than an ideal number mostly because they know that sony will announce their number which will be higher and microsoft doesn't want to um i don't know make it look any worse than it is still xbox one i'm sure is doing fine there's only really two players in this market nintendo is pretty much non-existent at this point for the most part um, when it comes to hardcore gaming but i would not be worried about xbox by any means i love mine so surface good nose for the surface Um, Surface brand as a total product sold 1.35 billion in revenue. So that is up, last year it was at 1.1 and it's pretty easy to see why it's up, right? They have the Surface Book and the Surface Pro 4 and there was a long lag time between the announcement of the Pro 3 and the introduction of the Pro 4. So there was a bit of pent up demand for people waiting for this stuff. And there you go, 1.35 billion, billion with a B for Surface revenue. Now to put this in perspective, Apple, everybody likes to flog them for saying, hey, iPad sales are terrible. Um, Apple reported their earnings two days prior, and they had $7 billion in iPad sales. Now, compare them however you want. That's just the fact that Apple is still trouncing the Surface, but the Surface is trending up while the iPad is trending down, and I do believe that the Surface is a better product. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? It, it's a full PC. iPad is just an iOS device. Um, I do wonder if we will ever see a cross of the Surface figure in the iPad. That would be really interesting, and that would make huge waves for Microsoft and um, if that ever does occur. And speaking of the Surface, gosh, I'm using one right now. I actually actually, uh, love the Surface. But speaking of the Surface, so Surface Book and Surface Pro 4, uh, a new firmware did come out, a new firmware. This is. This is not the firmware though you have been waiting for. So what is in this firmware update? So there's an embedded controller update, some wireless networking and Bluetooth driver improvements, um, Surface DTX driver update, which for those not familiar, that is how the lid or the clipboard as Microsoft refers to it, connects to the base. And if you've ever used a service, there's a gnarly issue that's kind of annoying, where you connect that thing and then the keyboard doesn't recognize it, or you turn it on and the keyboard doesn't recognize the, the clipboard is attached. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that this issue is resolved with this firmware update. And if you do have the dual GPU or the, the one with the uh, NVIDIA GeForce GPU in it, there's also been an update to improve stability. So that's a good update, but it's not the one that we've been looking for. There's also in the embedded controller firmware, Microsoft says it's battery charging enhancements and thermal tuning. The update everybody wants is the sleep bug, and I don't believe that is being addressed here. Microsoft um, is not talking about it, which, you know, shame on them for not being super transparent about this stuff. I hounded on it last week. If you missed that episode, go listen to it. Talk in very depth about the Skylake and how this is more of an Intel solution that Microsoft is taking the fall for. Uh, but I don't believe this is fixed on the Pro 4 or on the Surface Book. And it's, it's just really unfortunate because people were, were, well, they're getting antsy about this stuff. Um, there's some other minor issues that I'll let Microsoft speak to when they, they make their post or whenever they talk about it with the Surface Book. Just some of the outlying scenarios that people have come across. But here's the deal. If you have a Surface Book and there's an issue, go to a Microsoft Store. They're great. They are excellent customer service people and they will help you out if you have any problems. I have not experienced any of the major ones other than the sleeping issue, which I dearly hope they get fixed. I know it won't be fixed and I'm going to New York next week. And I'm still going to take it, but I just got to make sure I shut it down because I know it will not be fixed by then. So that is a service book. If you haven't done so yet, run it. I've run it on all my devices, no issues, updates relatively quick. Um, but it does require a restart and you will be down with that machine. Just prepare for five to 10 minutes and then you're back to life. So what else is going on this week? (laughs) So it looked like Microsoft was throwing us for a curveball. So if you watch, I'll give you some insight here. If you watch any of the people on Twitter who like to say, hey, this new build is coming. There's a new update coming on Tuesday. And frankly, they were wrong um, most of the time. So what you do is you can scrape the Windows Update servers and you can see what builds are and what rings. And so people got crafty and then they started writing posts and saying, hey, look, there's an update ready to come out and it's Windows 10 this and that. And then they, then they get ballsy and they start saying, it's gonna come Tuesday, it's gonna come, don't, I, I hesitate, don't buy into the dates. Just know that you can scrape the Windows Update servers and see where the rings are. I've known about this for, this isn't anything new, by the way. But I know well enough that predicting release dates based on what rings things are in is a very sketchy business to be in. Uh, mostly because you're just, you see it in the ring, and say, hey, it's coming out. But like everything else, a past predictor of when a release comes out is not a future mark for when a new build will arrive. Because you don't know what's going on the inside. You can only see what rings that are in. So just be aware of that because there were a lot of people saying, hey, I thought there was a new build coming out on Tuesday, then Tuesday elapsed and nothing arrived. But anyhow, Microsoft pushed out a new build of Windows 10, 14251. And if you're thinking, what the heck, 14251? Well, it threw all of us for a little bit of a loop. Microsoft is known to jump through um, build numbers, typically when they get to a big milestone. They'll, they'll make a big jump so they have a nice clean number. That is not the case here. What Microsoft is doing is they are... Um, tying up build numbers, essentially. So they're trying to make build number parity for their internal systems. They have Windows 10 Mobile, and then they also have the desktop, and they had different build strings, even though they're getting closer and closer to being exactly the same. So underneath the core and all that good stuff, I mean, more so than they had been so far. And so what they did was they made the final last effort, and they are now pairing up the build numbers, and since Windows 10 Mobile, had a higher build number than Windows 10 desktop, they had to go with the higher number. So that's why the big jump is almost like 3,000 or so, or over 3,000. So the new build numbers for Windows 10 are gonna be in the 1400 series, um, and that's why it it had to happen. They had to do it at some point, and this week was the time that they chose. Yeah, so nothing crazy. People were speculating that they were signing up Somebody asked if that meant they signed off on Redstone. Not even close. Um, I will tell you, features should start showing up here very, very soon. Um, Very soon, at least the the buddings of the features because I know about two, three weeks ago is when they finally submitted um, features that are gonna be included, or at least targeted features are gonna be included were a couple weeks ago, which means they're in full development right now and they should be starting to check in their code. So this leads me to the next point. Do not run Windows 10 Fast Ring on a machine that you need on a daily basis. It, this came up on Twitter today where some guy was venting at Windows Insiders, the hashtag saying, my Fast Ring machine cannot check something into GitHub or something like that. And people kind of went crazy. It's like, what are you doing? He was running 14, the build that just came out a couple of days ago where there are known issues, he was running 14.251. On his production machine, and he was getting mad that it was not working. Do not run the machine I'm podcasting on right now is in the slow ring. I would recommend if you're a gamer or whatever, use the slow ring. It's going to be a much more stable release. The fast ring is about to get really hairy um, with partially implemented features and all sorts of crazy stuff. This is a, your last warning, more than likely, or close to your last warning before things just kind of get out of control. Um, with bugs and whatnot where it's going to be very rapid and we're seeing them roughly once a week now. So if you're in the fast ring, be prepared for things not working. Just assume that it's going to break your machine. If your machine breaks right now, what's going to happen? Just be prepared on that level. So I'll be curious to see if they do keep to the weekly cadence. It's great for everybody who wants in on this stuff, but put it in a virtual... Put it in a sandbox of some sort of virtual machine. Put it on a a test machine. Do not do it in production because you will pay the price for it. All right, everybody cool with that? Okay, next thing, next thing. This one's actually a pretty big deal if you are super concerned about privacy. So it came out from a researcher who was looking at Edge, Microsoft's brand new browser that replaces Internet Explorer. And what they found out is... They found out that the private the private browsing feature, the incognito, or whatever you want to refer to it as, is not exactly as private as you would think. They were able to pull some of the files from the web cache and they could see what you were browsing. So if you are super secretive about what you were browsing on the web or you're in a public space, I guess would be the bigger issue, and you're trying to make sure all your stuff's private, um, be careful with Edge. It may not actually be as private as you are thinking, at least for now, I'm sure that um, Jacob and his team will be getting right on that to make sure that is tidied up here very soon. But uh, nevertheless, just be completely cognizant that what you browse on Edge may not be as private as you would hope. And going back to Windows 10 Mobile, so Microsoft made an interesting announcement this week They said that Windows 10 mobile builds will only be made available to devices that shipped with Windows 10, which is essentially uh, the 950, 950XL, and 550. And then Microsoft will expand from there as they release Windows 10 for other insider devices. So this kind of sucks if you don't have a Windows 10 device. Um, Yeah, so... I'm not quite sure what they're thinking here is are the people who have older devices that are running Windows 10 Mobile just kind of stuck or... here's my gut check on this is that they don't want to keep testing all these builds of phones that are not currently running the OS and they're saving time and efficiency by only testing the phones that have shipped with it such as the 950, 950XL and 550 if they only test those phones they can get stuff out a lot quicker That's my guess, and that's why they're not supporting this other stuff until it comes out. So when are the other phones going to get Windows 10 Mobile? The last that I saw from a reliable source was end of February. Now, if you remember, Microsoft originally publicly on Facebook said middle of December. Then rumors came out and said "Uh, January. Well, January's over. An internal email from Microsoft was being passed around that said February, end of February, is when Windows 10 Mobile would come to existing devices. So that's about all I've got on that there's less and less people inside the company who are willing to talk about Windows 10 mobile mostly because there's less and less people inside the company working on that pure operating system but other good news for Windows 10 mobile users is that firmware will now or soon be available from the insiders program so that's really cool actually because that was one of the limitations previously thought of before was that Microsoft could not deliver firmware Well, looks like that's fixed, and they can now push firmware through the Insider program. So if that impacts you, that's good news. But I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you already knew how to sideload it and get all that good stuff going anyways. So I want to talk about some drama, drama, drama that came up, and it involves Joe Belfiore. And I'm very curious what's going on here. First off, Joe dyed his hair blonde. Um, I recommended to Paul for... He should do the same, you know, to keep up with the times. But Paul, or Paul, Joe B. was spotted using an iPhone. And the internet, I should say Windows fans, just lost their shit. They went nuts. They're calling him traitor. They're screaming mutiny. And, all right. So Joe B., first off, he's on a sab- sabbatical or a, like a nine-month leave from Microsoft. So I'm not really sure what is going on with him. Microsoft does say that he is coming back, but I suspect it will be for a different role. Um, He's traveling the world, and good for him, personally. I mean, awesome that he can do this stuff. But anyways, he was spotted using an iPhone, and the internet went crazy that they have given up on Windows Phone. Um, And of course, like we've heard many times, he throws out, that I need to test other platforms to make sure I'm a parent of what they're using. And I use Android, and I use iPhones, and Microsoft has been touting that because they've been using other phones for a very long time. And if you get caught up in this, who cares? It's Joe, he can use whatever phone he wants. Uh, Microsoft, sorry if this is news to you, but Microsoft, in my opinion, is just moving away from Windows Phone. They'll continue to release devices and they'll do the bare minimum, absolute bare minimum, to stay talkative in this market, but from a strategic perspective, Windows 10 Mobile is not a part of it, and it's not surprising to see people inside the company not using it. I don't blame them. Um, it's just not great, it's, I don't know, there appear to be one step away from taking Windows Phone out back and just shooting it, um, and I say that because let's talk about a new app that Microsoft released, now technically it came from their garage, but whatever, they promoted it pretty heavily, it's called News Pro for iOS only and it just makes news that's relevant to you. You sign in with your LinkedIn account and it ties things into your career and it's supposed to surface stuff what matters to you. It's just a different take on bubbling up what a machine hopes is relevant to your life and career, and it's only on iOS for now. Speaking of iOS, it's, we've already talked about how it's getting the Wordflow keyboard, Microsoft is lifting that from Windows 10 Mobile, and they're porting it to iOS. And I scooped this week, I was the first to report, that Wordflow will come with a new feature of a one-handed mode. Now everyone was like, ah, but Windows 10 Mobile has one-handed. Well, this is a little bit different. It's an arc layout. There's a picture of it up. I posted up on Throt. Um, it's an arc, arc layout. So you can type with one thumb, and it's just, imagine like a fan design, and you can reach all the letters, and only takes up about 45% of the right side of the display. I would assume that you can go left side too. But it's a new keyboard and it's coming to iOS and Android, and while Windows 10 Mobile does have a one-handed-only mode, this appears to be a superior layout, and it's gonna be a Microsoft app, and it's coming to iOS and Android, and right now Windows 10 Mobile does not have the feature. So. There you go. Take it again. Does Microsoft really care about Windows 10 Mobile? Sorry. I I If you're getting offended or mad at me and calling me a fanboy, I'm just trying to be real with you. It they had 1% of 400 million devices and they don't seem to be changing their strategy or coming up with anything that's actually working. So, Windows 10 Mobile, if you use it, it's because you want to be different and you support Microsoft, but that's about it. Um so here's kind of some bad news if you want to take it that way. It's interesting. It it depends on your take on life here. So TripAdvisor announced that it is building a Windows 10 true universal app, which is great, right? TripAdvisor is huge. 290 million users, I believe they have. um, Millions of reviews, content pictures, and all that good stuff. And you can book hotels and flights and whatnot. So they're building a Windows 10 universal app, a true universal app. And it is coming to Windows 10, and I'm assuming that it will be here very, very soon. The problem I have with this is that it's gonna come preloaded on millions, their terms, millions of Windows 10 devices, which means that it's gonna be the next candy crush, that you're gonna buy a Windows 10 machine, and hey, look, TripAdvisor's already installed. It's, I, I'm not a big fan of bundling that crap because in my mind, it does two things. One, it makes it look Microsoft look a little desperate, personally, in my opinion. That the only way they could get TripAdvisor to build an app was to dangle the carrot of, "Hey, we will bundle this with Windows 10 for you, so you're guaranteed to get a certain number of installs." On the second thing that I don't like about it, it's your machine comes with extra apps that you don't want or care to download. They're just there. Now granted, it is very easy to remove this stuff, but that's the price people are willing, or Microsoft's willing to pay to get these developers on board. Now, this makes me a little concerned that if they're still having to dangle this carrot of bundling with new machines, if they have to dangle that carrot. Is the store really doing as well as it could be? And I I haven't been able to get to the bottom of this. I I had one source tell me that senior management was still very concerned about the download rate and usage of store apps. I don't have a lot to back that up. I generally only write things until I can get two sources, ideally three, but two is the minimum before I really go running um, with something like that. But they believe that Microsoft is still very concerned for having 200 million active installs out there, how many people are actually downloading app? Now they're pushing great numbers out and they're saying like billions of views and whatnot. But what's important is how many people are using it. And let me strike this point. Do you really need a TripAdvisor app on the Windows 10 desktop if you can go to TripAdvisor.com and get a better experience? And the reason why I say better experience is millions upon millions OS independent users can go to TripAdvisor.com and get all the information. But only a subset of those users can use the app. So which is TripAdvisor gonna update first? Their app for Windows 10 or their desktop? I, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what what I would do. I, personally, I'd probably just go to tripadvisor.com. That's just my personal opinion, unless this app is just far and away gorgeous. Now, I don't want to rail on every app. I do use some, like Microsoft's mail and calendar app, I use them every single day, Xbox app, every single day. Um, there's quite a few, there's one called Cozy that ties into my Nest thermostat, which uh, thankfully they were giving away my zip code and other, other stuff, Thanks, thank you Nest for that. Uh, I do use frequently, and there are some others that I on occasion will open, but none of them are used other than the Mail and Calendar, which I quite like, um, are third party that are really critical, I don't know. The App Store is an interesting solution, or interesting place right now, it's definitely needed on mobile. Um, I think it'll be great on the Xbox One that sits behind me. The desktop is a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit, little bit different. There's definitely good apps out there. Uh, Tweetium is a great Twitter app. There's also another Twitter app coming out that I've been playing around with. But um, it's actually built by uh, one of the guys who runs WM Power Users. I can't think of the name right now, but Mahiti is building a Twitter app. It's essentially TweetDeck wrapped up. And I don't even know if it's actually a Windows Store app, for that matter. But anyways, Twitter, I love Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, at Sam's. But anyways, Microsoft, been a crazy week, especially with earnings. Earnings were good, though. You know, to wrap things up here, earnings were good for the company, which is good. If you like Microsoft, this was a good quarter for them. Not perfect, right? But on cash coming in, fantastic on growth in key sectors. Very good. They did have some decline in their OEM revenue, but I believe that was expected, and Microsoft pointed out that their decline was less than the market, so they technically beat the PC OEM market with their OEM revenue decline, but not great, but that's not too surprising considering what's going on with Windows 10. But overall, if you are a Microsoft employee, your job, provided you're not screwing up at life or something, um, is secure. Microsoft's making money, good money, and they've got, it seems like their strategic direction under Nadella is headed in the right place. May not always sit easy if you're a Windows Phone fan, but the strategic direction of the company has shifted. Uh, there was Paul G, who runs like YC Combinator, whatever, 2007 wrote Microsoft is dead. And so here we are in 2016, and Microsoft's still bringing in billions of net income, and the company's doing well mostly because of a strategic shift in the direction of the company. So, on that note, it is the end of January. I hope you guys had a great month. I appreciate you listening, and thanks for watching.